It's fine. Can you turn this mic up a little bit? That would be great. Okay, so right now, what we want to do is bring up our team that just came home from the Dominican Republic. So if you went to the Dominican Republic, <laughs> let me tell you about this team. We may not have uh, very many of them here. Well, it looks like a pretty good amount, actually. Um, there were 20 of us. We took 12 high school students from our Christian school here. They are all seniors in high school. And God just opened a door for us, actually, uh, to a new country that we had never been to before. And are you down there? Yes, Josefina right there. Wave your hand, Josefina. Josefina is Dominican. And uh, she uh, lived there. Her family lives there. Now she lives in the States. And Nora and Caleb connected us with Josefina. And it actually was the dream of her heart for uh, many years to bring a team, a missions team, to the Dominican Republic. So we jumped in. We jumped in all the way. And we haven't done this either, taking a team and go somewhere, you know, without having been there before. Uh, so we, we had a bit of a learning curve. We had, you know, flexible move around things, but it could not have gone better. The, the Lord orchestrated our every move, our every step. The things that we were doing um, were so fruitful. So what we want to do is just have a few of these kiddos share, and, uh, and maybe some adults too. We have more adults, it looks like, than students today. We had a big, it takes a lot. You know, <laughs> but we all have unique and, and really cool testimonies. So, guys, just, just as a reminder, I want to hear your, your highlight, like the best thing that happened to you. So don't tell every day. Just, <laughs> just give me one highlight. Yeah, I'll break that way. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I, want to, I would like our students to go first. Who's ready? Yes. Do it. Okay. Okay, so um, the <laughs> so the last day um, we went into a uh, community, and um, we had met the pastor the day before at a pastor's conference, and um, his church was located in the community. So um, we went to just uh, walk around and pass out uh, rice and beans and just pray with the families and visit them. And so we split up into groups because, like we said, we're a group of 20, so it doesn't really <laughs> work too well. So we split up, and there was about, like, five of us in my group. And um, we just began walking around. Um, just talking to people, and um, when we first walked in, there was an older man who it, he couldn't hear very well, and he had back problems. He, um, his hand was shaking from, I don't know what the actual term, Parkinson's, so he was, his hand shook, and um, he just was, and he was, he was obviously had some health problems, and so we stopped, and we talked to him for a little while. We asked him where his house was, and um, we said, we're going to come back to you. We're going to walk throughout the village, and we're going to, like, go see everyone. Then we're going to come back to your house at the end. We're going to pray for you. So we um, walked around. We found another uh, man, and we asked him if we could pray for him. He had um, back problems, and you could physically see um, he had disc problems. So you could physically see on the outside of his back where his disc was, like, bulging. And um, so our team just went into action, and we started praying over his back. And I had my hand on his back, and as I was praying, I physically felt something in his back move. And um, my my other friend, Scotty, who's not here today, he was watching his back and physically saw his discs go back into place, and we felt it in his back. And um, and so that was amazing. Um, and then on the way out, like we said, we went back to that man's house at the end, and when we first saw him in the beginning, Josefina was with us, and she was translating, and 
when she was speaking to him, she had to get directly in his ear, and she had to speak very loudly for him to even hear her. And um, so at the end, we, were, we just began to pray over his ears and um, over his whole body. And when we began to pray over his ears, at the end of it, we were standing like probably from me to from there. Like yeah, this. probably from there. And we were speaking just like regular toned, and he could hear everything that we were saying. And um, his back got healed too, and also his his hands was like stop shaking basically it was just like it was like had a few twitches here and there but it was like completely like calmed down from when we first saw him it was like his hand would shake like that and then when we left it was just kind of like he would have a twitch every now and then but it was crazy Come on. i'll share two quick oh hi i'll share two quick ones <laughs> so um going out and doing rice and beans always just brings a blessing going house to house and Damaris and I uh, had a few with us. In fact, Peyton, were you with us that day? Yeah. And we found a grandma who she said she had a lot of pain just to kind of go like this. And so we said, you know, we want to pray for her and just heal her instantly. And Damaris had a word about, is it keeping you from sleeping at night? And she said, I sleep terrible. It just tons of pain in my neck and shoulders and everything. And so... We prayed, I think, just one time, just real quick. I mean, it was just like, be healed in Jesus' name. And we said, test it. And she was kind of like, Are you, oh, you're done? And she goes, <laughs> her face just lit up, man. If you could capture a look on her face, it would be worth a million bucks. She just, and then she's like, and true to the, to the Dominican, she's like, so come back for dinner, you know? She's like, you guys are family now. We love you. So that was really neat. And we used that same one each, each time we went house to house just to share, like, God can heal instantly. And we saw a lot of healings from that, actually. But I want to share, uh, we got to go to a house. They had 11 kids, and four of the boys lived at home, and they were all pretty tall uh, basketball-playing boys, which is kind of rare in the Dominican and actually, we don't have any of the real tall ones, but I think I had Nate and Shaw, Alex Shaw, uh, and Zach with me. And so I had these three giant boys who play basketball, and there was these four Dominican boys that play basketball. And I was like, hey, hermanos, you know, brothers. And so they started palling around, talking basketball and everything, having fun. And then at some point, Nora, we just asked, you know, do they know the Lord? And they said No. And so we had this really special moment where all four of the brothers received Jesus, and we just got to love on them and bless them. It was incredible. Um, well, I know we can find the pictures because the four tallest Dominicans we ran into. <laughs> uh, we had went to a uh, – Tim had set up a – I think Tim or, or one of Josephina made me set up a pastor's conference. And so we got a minister to, like – seven or eight different pastors in the area. It was really cool. But at the end, we uh, had broke up into groups of, we had four groups, and the pastors would go to each group, and we would prophesy over them. And, and this one pastor went through the three groups, and then he got to our group, and we we're prophesying over them. And, and the Lord just spoke to me and said that you're going to be, you're going to heal broken men. And he just lost it and started bawling and crying. And I was like, wow, that was just, I couldn't believe it. And then he, once he collected himself, he goes, in all three groups, I got the same word. So all four groups, he got the same word from all four groups. That's just amazing that God was confirming that for him. It was pretty cool. I got it. Check. Hello. Um, this is a big trip for me. This is actually the 10th country that I've been to. Um, and I actually just heard God saying that that was like, okay. Um, 
Like, but it was that it was gonna be like that it was a special one because it was like the tenth one. It was like a corner, like a big, uh, piece milestone. There we go. And my and like my journey and traveling with the Lord. Um, but we had the chance to go to two hospitals. Um, this time, and I have never seen an instant healing in a hospital. I have seen the Lord do so many things, and I've heard. We've had people call after we've left and say they've been healed, but I had never actually seen it happen right there in the moment. And um, we were praying for a lady, I don't remember. She said that she was in, like, you could see her rolling around in pain was the level of pain this lady was in. She just had a stroke, and she didn't have feeling in the left side of her body. And she was telling us she was in so much pain that she could barely even just sit there without crying. And you could see she was moving around in her bed. And me and Chris were like, okay, let's just pray. And we just put our hands on her and just said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing over you. And she rolled over, and she just looked at us, and she was like, whoa. And she was like, and you could just see the peace fell over her body. And she was like, I don't have any more pain. And she was like, I have no more pain in my body. And I don't know, like, for me, that was just like, whoa, like, it can happen in an instant, like, no matter how much pain it is. And then, so we actually got to pray for that lady, but then something really special happened. Her sister was sitting there next to her on her bed, and you could see that she was so stressed, so worried about her sister. And I know exactly what that's like, because my best friend's sister has been in the hospital for, like, three weeks. I've been having to help her deal with that. And I looked at that lady, and I said, you're doing such a good job taking care of your sister. And she just looked at me, and she said, thank you. And I was like, the Lord just wants to tell you that he's got her and that you don't have to worry about it anymore. And she looked at me and she goes, whoa, I feel so much peace right now. And I'm probably going to start crying. But she just like, she laid down and you could just tell that the Lord had lifted all of it off of her. And that was just such a special moment because you could tell that her sister had experienced peace and she had experienced peace in a moment. And it was like a whole family was just transformed right there in front of us. And that was a really special moment. So in one of the hospitals we went to, um, my group, we went and visited a bunch of the little kids. And one of my big things is I'm like, kind of a germaphobe, not going to lie. And all of them had, like, sicknesses. Like, they had high fevers and just stuff like that. And so I, when I walked in there, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, when we went over to the first lady, she was, like, immediately when we asked to pray for her, her reaction was, yes, God sent you here to pray for my child because – she just she just had faith in that. So as soon as like she said that God like hit me, he was like, "You're as long as you're in my presence, you're gonna be perfectly fine." So like that peace followed me. And when we prayed for one of the little kids there, when we walked up, he just looked like glazed over, and he had a high fever, and there's just like no life. It, it was it, he looked really rough. And after we prayed for him, he kind of sat up and like his eyes kind of cleared up, and he looked like lively again. So. It was just really good to see that. So uh, we had, wow, this is loud. <laughs> so we had the blessing of going to two different schools in the Dominican Republic. I want to talk about the second one we went to. It was really sweet because we got just to go in and just like hang out with them and like show them God's love by saying hi and giving high fives, spinning them around, doing what they wanted to do, dancing and being goofy. And so we get to listen to different songs and do different crafts. And then we got to share some of our testimonies to them. And I got to share about God being your best friend. And then after that, we got to ask anyone to receive Jesus into their heart. And there were about 200 to 250 salvations at that school that day. Something that I uh, really be um, 
surprised me is how the people don't have the worship how you have. When when we was there, we we come in like in the in the holy place, and then they they was like, wow, what a difference can it feel when you were free, when you have a worship. So some this is every change we have a worship, and then some someone has a a guitar, and, and Damaris has a, a big, you know, the, the box. And then, <laughs> yeah, cajon. And in Spanish, it's cajon. So, so I, want, I try to translate everything. So, so the thing is, um, how amazing the worship and free you have. And you have to know that. Not everybody knows, and not every country can have that change to the spirit, to to how directly, how easy, and how free. So after all, they really, including the pastors, they really has uh, a different experience about it. I'm trying not to because I don't want to cry. But it, so many things happen, and it's just like, for me, it taught me, like, a lot of times God put things in your heart, and, um, and you say, yeah, yeah, God, and you wait until God moves or does something, but God is, like, saying, just take the first step, and I'll be with you. And I, <laughs> I experienced that because I didn't know what I was getting into. I just trusted God. And what he was doing to do every single moment. And for me, the highlight of everything is just when we were done for the day and uh, we were at the hospital. And, we, and I, I told the team, we got to go to see the um, monument. And everybody's like, monument? Why do we want to see a monument? <laughs> and I said, you know, um, this talks a lot about the history of this town and everything happened in Dominican Republic. Let's just go see, you know. And blow up some steam. So we got there, and everybody was just playing around and everything. And and all of a sudden, I saw soldiers standing. Well, he was not standing. He was sitting down. And I was like, uh, what is he doing here? Like, the whole place was empty. Out of nowhere, he was just there. And I just went and sat next to him, and I started talking to him. And I, I just felt like, you know, um, I, I need to talk about Jesus. And, and I started talking about Jesus, and he said he didn't understand anything about God. He hears it everywhere, but he really doesn't understand. He really doesn't care. So I started telling him the story, and I felt like um, the youth needed to be with him because he was a young guy. And, you know, and, and I felt this would be an, a great moment for them to minister to him and be ministered by what God is about to do there. And uh, so the, the youth prayed with him, and he received Christ and 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 it's like for me when we were all leaving we saw him standing at the tip of the monument and it was like a movie and God said you came for that one (laughs) and to me it's like (laughs) the whole trip if we had just come just for him it was just worth it you know because he's, he's young, he's going to impact the people around him, and, and you know, God is going to do mighty things for him, and even the kids that pray for him, and just, it just touched my heart, so great.
Um, well, I just I want to say that this was my first mission trip, and I'm a little older. Not too old to go, but um, um, so it was really cool for me to be able to, at, you know, at my age, be able to just go on this first new adventure with Jesus, and it was definitely getting out of my comfort zone for sure, but I actually have several testimonies. Um, before we even left, probably the day before we had to leave, my tooth started hurting, like, really bad. And I just thought, no, I am, this is not going to keep me from going, and I don't want to get there and be dealing with this. So I just began to speak blessing over my tooth and, and just speaking healing over my tooth. It, I mean, the pain was, com- I'm, I was completely free from that. I never had a single bit of pain there. It doesn't hurt me now. So I was already having miracles before we got there. But um, I just want to say that the, I, I was so amazed by these kids. Like, this is an exceptional group of kids. And... Um, uh, probably my highlight would be um, I got to speak to a group of younger kids. And outside of my own kids, I really haven't had the honor of leading a lot of people to Jesus. But um, that day, I got to lead this whole group of kids. Um, where we asked them, you know, if they wanted to receive Jesus. And I think Abby kind of said it earlier, but about three-fourths of the room raised their hands and I get to pray the prayer of salvation with these kids, and it was amazing. It was definitely amazing. Um, so we went to two hospitals, and the second one, uh, my group went into, we had a room, and there was just one old guy in there, and we prayed for him, and he was in there for a cut or something. Like, he had something weird. He had a cut, and it had been infected, and we prayed for him. But... Um, uh, Bussy and I, uh, Zach Bussy, had just been wandering around the halls, and uh, we walk over to one of the rooms where all the other groups were, and there's a boy sitting there and his mom, and they had already been talking to him, and he's like, uh, let's let's talk to him about receiving Jesus. And so we just asked, hey, do you want to receive Jesus? He's like, yeah. And so um, that was my first mission trip and the first person I'd ever led in the prayer to Jesus, and so he just accepted him. He was super excited about it, and I think his mom got saved, too, so it was awesome. Um, no, I personally didn't see all the miraculous things. I'm sure somebody talked about the guy that can hear now. Um, I was, like, down the road helping someone else, giving food, but um, I think it was, like, the third or fourth day we were there um we were at a church service and we were just told to give a prophetic word to just anybody and I chose uh one of the boys in the back because while we were worshiping I was like just like walking back and forth and just um you know just singing and worshiping you know but I noticed this little boy and he was um just taking care of his little sister and um I didn't see his dad I, I saw some male figure that he was sitting with but, like, it didn't seem like to be his, like, dad, you know? Um, but, yeah, the, his little sister kept, like, running around crying, and he was just trying to cheer her up and trying to make her happy and take care of her. And uh, so when the time came to uh, give prophetic word to somebody, I chose him. And uh, I told him that, like, he's doing a great job. I noticed that he's uh, very persistent and very uh, loving, and he's doing a great job. It's basically what I said. And that uh, never to lose that selflessness, because not everybody likes to take care of the little sibling, you know. It's, oh, 
time consuming sometimes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and so that's basically what I, I said to him, just longer. And um, Nora was talking to the pastor, like, while everybody was getting, a, like, giving their words, and she was, the pastor was telling Nora, like, about, a little bit about everybody, and she told Nora, and Nora later told me, um, that that little boy's father had been murdered recently. And uh, he was having to raise his little sister, having to help raise her. And so, like, I started crying. I was going to cry. It was just been a lot. Yeah, it was, I don't know, just. Well, um, yeah, this was a good trip. You know, is is for me is is it's always something new whenever you go into a new country. And the, but Aiden said it is basically we went into. I was kind of away from my group, and I, and Tim was ministering. There was something really strong going on with what he was doing, and I, is is essentially uh, we started praying for this guy, and the kids just the words that started coming out was just. Basically, you could just see these these men; their their face was shining and just like did it just change completely. And it's just everywhere we went, it just seemed like that there was fruit for what we were doing, even though we didn't always know exactly what we were supposed to be doing. It just seemed like God's hand was in it. And 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 when Tim talked to me about about this, is just the peace that I felt was like, no, we got to go to the Dominican Republic. There's there's a there's a divine appointments over there, and so I mean it's just is this is is normal life for us. I mean this is this is what we should be about and we're, what we're doing, and so it's just kind of cool to get out of our comfort zone and see the hand of God and just just really work, you know, and I and essentially for me it was it was it was really a great experience. Is a you know is it's easy for me to go back to Spanish because I lived in Latin America for so long, but at the same time, to see that when when, when God's hand is on a group and that things are changing everywhere we're going, it's very impressive. Amen. Yeah, and so we have, I think, another five, I think, students that aren't, aren't here that actually don't. Well, Zach goes to our church, but he's in uh, Chicago. But um, they, they don't all go to our church. And, um, but it was such a special thing to have, have them with us and to really the fact that we were able to create this opportunity for um, all of our, our seniors at the high school. It, it was offered to all of them to come. And uh, just to be with them and see, you know, we were, we were going to the poor. We were going to the lost, to the sick, you know, to those that needed ministry. And some of them had never even been in an environment like that, never experienced anything like that. And to see their spirits come alive and to just see them respond to what the Holy Spirit was doing, it was amazing. I believe that they will never be the same. Um, they, they stepped right into the gifts of the Spirit, some of them with no practice, <laughs> you know, some of them with no, no grid, really, for what, what God was doing. But that's what we were after. We were after the demonstration of the kingdom of God um, in all the earth. That's what we believe for. That's what we're standing for. And um, I just want to mention that even the, um, that, that church service um, that 
uh, Tiffany mentioned, um, it was such a special uh, place of really stirring up the presence of God. I mean, the atmosphere was shifted that night, and that was our second night there, I think. And I think that it really did set a precedence for the rest of the week because it was just like drawing from a well that we then knew we were familiar with. It was basically the atmosphere that we have here. We were able to, you know, draw from there and um, and just just flow. The prophetic was amazing. The freedom and worship, like like Nora was saying that night, it just really broke us through. I feel like for the rest of the week. So all of them are amazing, amazing, and uh, it was a, a really powerful time. So I think Tim's going to share one more story, but you want to let them sit. Yeah, you guys yeah, can you guys sit down. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I won't I won't say who who lost the car keys, but there was a moment where a, a Dominican on our team misplaced her keys at the beach and we broke into the car and they weren't in there. And Mike was just walking on the beach. He said, God, we need these keys. I just call them in. And he looked down, and in the, right at the edge of the water, a key was sticking out of the sand. He just walked over and picked it up. And if you don't believe it, well, I saw it. So I just want to share one story, then I'm just going to, we're going to get in the Word for a minute. But I love all the big things. We saw so many miracles. Oh, my goodness, just immediate, lay your hands on the sick, watch them get healed, prophesy, watch them get restored. I mean, over and over. And that's how it's supposed to be, right? And that doesn't mean any less when people get healed in a a progression or anything like that. But it's fun when you're in a country and you get to do it and you see results because oftentimes we leave and then we get phone calls or emails like, oh, yeah, this is what God was doing and, and we didn't get to see any of it, but this time we've got to see so many things. And I just want to say, like Jesus said to John's disciples, hey, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the blind see. He's still Jesus. He's still on his throne. He's still doing it. And uh, I want to share one story. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this, but we were at the hospital one of the mornings, and we, uh, we prayed for everyone in the hospital, which is usually a task, but in the Dominican, there's not a lot of people in the smaller village hospitals, so we, we did a wing, and Elizabeth and I actually just had the, the, the ladies that were about to give birth, so we just went and prayed for them and got to pray for a lady who had lost her baby in the night, and it was just an amazing moment, and, but... You know, sometimes there was a doctor there, and I'm not saying she was against us. I'm just not saying she was for us. She was tolerating us. And, and because we had translators, and we're moving around, and she's trying to do her job, and we're trying to stay out of her way. And the Lord finally just told me, he goes, I want you to go over there and prophesy over her, and here's what I want you to say. And so I went over there, and it was super specific. It was like, you're about to miss it, or it's about to go good. It was not like, hey, Jesus loves you type moment. It was like, hey, this is what you heard last night from someone type deal. And so I shared it, and she started crying, and we, I got to minister to her for a minute, minute. And then I kind of thought they were hiding some people from us in the hospital. So I said, hey, is there anyone else in the hospital? Like, 
are you sure we've prayed for everyone? And she was like, no, I promise, you've prayed for everyone. And I said, well, how can we serve you? That's what I told her. I said, how can we serve you? And she goes, she goes, what do you mean? I said, we'll do anything you want us to do today. How can we serve you? And she said, there's a nursing home that no one ever goes to. She goes, would you go to that? And I said, yeah, tell us where that. And she said, I said, we're going to go right now. And she said, really, you're going to go? I said, yep, we're going to go right now. So we went over, and, and it was a Catholic hospital, so we had to do a little convincing that we were good, and, and, and like we were priests, and we were there, and we were ready. And, but she was full of Jesus, the nun, and just beaming with the light of God. And she was like, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but come on in. And so we went in, and we said, no, we're just going to sing a little. And we only know one Spanish song. It was Feliz Navidad, and we did that. And man, we, and, and then we did that a bunch of times. And then, then they were like, okay, well, what do y'all want to do? And we're like, I don't know. And they said, well, it's lunchtime. And she said, would you feed them? So they brought out these bowls. They bought out these bowls of beans and rice, and our team took them and with spoons started feeding the people all over. And they don't bring them into like one place. It was kind of a little bit bigger. And, and there was one girl. She's not here right now. Her name is Abigail Bretches. And she had asked to be with old people. <laughs> and I said, here's your moment, girl. And so she picked the hardest one that was like roaming around, and she just started feeding her. And it just kind of set the tone, and everyone just kind of broke. It was one-on-one. There was no translation. It was just love, right? And, um, and we just started loving on them. And I, I sat down to the, next to this lady and just started loving on her and broke out my phone, and we're taking selfies. And she was getting to see herself for the first time in a long time because they didn't have mirrors there. And she's pointing and wanting to take pictures and telling me how much she loves me and is, like, blowing kisses at me and stuff. And, and I sat there for a long time and just really just talked to it there. I don't know any Spanish, so just talking in English. And she was still enjoying it. And then finally she pointed to me. She wanted to go for a walk. And so she was in a wheelchair, and I just started pushing her. And on the way down this path, I heard the Lord speak to me. And he said, you know, I've told you, you're going to do a lot of great things in this earth, right? I said, yes, sir. He said, none of them are greater than what you're doing right now. He said, because you're willing to do it. And he goes, when you get in heaven, this is what they'll talk about. And so, man, <laughs> just pushed her down. She wanted to go under the mango tree, and we're just sitting there, and we're just talking. I don't know how, but there's like a heart connection going on. And, and, uh, we're just, and I'm just telling her how much Jesus loves her, and, and God is there. God was there. And so Damaris came and sat by me and Elizabeth, and we were just talking to her and taking some more selfies. She loved that. And, uh, and then... It came time for us to go, and we were, I don't speak any Spanish, so I don't remember who I went and got. I think it was Nora, and I said, Nora, I need you to tell her we're leaving because I don't want to just walk off. And so Nora told her we were leaving, and she just said, no, no, no. And she asked when we were coming back, and, and I didn't want to lie, so I said, we're not coming back. But then I just told her, I, I knew she was a believer. I'd actually had a translator for a minute and asked her, and I said, I, I said, don't worry. We're going to see each other again in heaven. And I knew I'd see her again. I said, don't worry. We're going to see each other in heaven. She started crying. She took my hand. She said, yeah, we'll see each other in heaven. And it was just one of those moments where God is there. And the love of God is so tangible and real, guys. 
And don't ever underestimate the ability to give the love of God away. You say, well, I want to do great things for God. I just encourage you, be great in the love of God and you will do great things. And I don't, I, I, honestly, I, I told the Lord I'd like to ponder this in my heart and never share anybody. He said, no, I want you to share about it. Because when I said that about seeing heaven, Damaris was, and Damaris is not really a crier. And she started bawling. Why? Because you could tell like eternity was this close. Right there in heaven was like, yeah, you're going to see each other again in heaven. And it's going to be a celebration. And we're going to speak the same language. And she's going to be taking selfies. I promise you that. God is for real, guys. And we were just the tip of the iceberg today of everything we saw. But I want to thank everyone who supported these young people to go. If you don't know, we were supposed to be in Nicaragua in June with the Fosters. Thank you, Civil War. We didn't get to go to that. But so we had to, we had to contend for this trip. We had to contend for it. And, and, and it, was, it was God's heart to go wherever we went. He was going to love on people. Amen? Yeah. You guys just sing with me, all right? Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. He's worthy. All right, well, I just want to take a few minutes here to talk to you about seeing the beauty of this season we're in. And those of you that know me know that I don't love preaching holiday-specific messages because I just want to hear what God's saying. But three weeks ago, I was standing right there, and he said, you're going to talk about the beauty of the season. He goes, because I've been showing you the beauty of what I'm doing and who I am. And I, I want you to turn with me to a scripture. Turn with me to Matthew 13. It's not a Christmas scripture. We're starting somewhere else. Matthew 13, 14 says this, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will, ever be, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but not perceiving. And what Jesus was doing, he was talking about that there was a whole group of people that were seeing everything that was going on, but their hearts were not perceiving the depth of what God was releasing at the moment. I mean, I love John 5 where he says, hey, you think you diligently studied the scriptures and understand them, but you don't even realize they're about me. What was he saying? He was saying, you're you're seeing all these things, but you're not recognizing the depth. And I wrote this statement down. Jesus was warning of seeing the things of the kingdom, but not letting them impact us to release transformation and the fruit that was intended to be enjoyed from the works of the kingdom of God. Yeah, and and I, I think about this season, and I think about all the things that it's become. And I'm not complaining. I think family time is good. I think giving is good. I think learning how to receive is good. I think loving is good. I think joy is good. I think all those things are good. 
especially in the context of understanding the, the foundation of which they all were birthed from, because all those things are fruit of the kingdom of God. Amen? And, and I just want to encourage us to be a people who are not just seeing things, but we're perceiving the beauty of who God is in this season. And I, I think about John 14, you know, Philip comes to Jesus, and it must have been a moment because they wrote who asked him the question. I think Philip, Philip was like, hey, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus says, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've been watching me for three years, and you don't recognize the Father? He was saying, if you've seen me, you've seen Dad. Why? Because they were seeing but not perceiving. And I want to encourage you in this season, are you seeing the beauty of who God is in this season? You know, many of us, this, this isn't a happy time. Maybe we're, you know, we have family that we've lost and it's a time of loss. But I want to encourage you, get to the foundation of the season and allow the life of what God, who God is and what He's doing and it will heal those places. And so, see, He's calling us to see the beauty of the season. I believe this. He's actually wanting to awaken things in us. I wrote this down this morning. He's wanting to awaken things that are asleep in us about this season. So I'm going to play you a video. I don't often do this, but I just think it is really great video of, of seeing the wonder of something again for the first time. You guys ready? Y'all got really quiet all of a sudden. So we're going to see this video. Oh, wait, pause it. Can you pause it? I forgot to set it up. These are people that are colorblind. And they have created glasses that you can put on that cause you the, give you the ability to see color. Two things happened when I got this, watch this video. I got all messed up, super messed up. And I also determined that we're going to begin to pray for people that are colorblind. And they're not going to need glasses, but they're going to have the same reaction when they open their eyes and see color. All right, so I want you to see this, but I want you to understand the beauty and the awe of seeing something again for the first time. You might, but some people see the effect right away. Now? Sorry about that.
Yeah, right? I was watching that, and God said, if you'll look at me that way, I'll give you that same kind of awe. Man, I love that one kid. He says, is this the real world? And you think you're about to have a teenage moment, right? He's like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And then the, the depth of the beauty of what he's seeing hit him. And I, I love the one guy. I wrote these. These were things that happened in that video. Awe, joy. Thanks, revelation, beauty, and I added this one was freedom, the sea. And I believe this, that there's a pair of glasses that God is wanting to put on us today. Holy Ghost glasses that allow us to see the season. And when we look at people, and we look at gifts, and we look at all the things that it's become, we see Jesus. We see the beauty of this moment. And so I'm going to talk about four things of the beauty of this season. I'm going to be quick. We're going to be done by 1225. I'm lying. <laughs> Whoa, I love it. See, that's forgiveness already. Thank you, brother. First thing about the beauty of this season. I want you to see the beauty of the Father's plan. The beauty of His plan. I used to talk to the Lord about like, hey, did you, did you know the garden was coming? Did you know they were going to mess up? Did you know? And it's like, oh yeah, I always had it in my heart for Jesus to come and redeem. And I, I want you to understand that this, the beauty of this plan is all based in love, right? Every second of it is dripping in the love of the Father. And a scripture that we hold up at football games now behind the, the, the uh, uprights when they're cooking, kicking a field goal that says John 3.16, the reason that verse is still being honored is because when you have a revelation of the plan of God, you're in awe. What? For God so loved the world, right? That He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, the plan is dripping in the love of God. It didn't say because God had to, or because God messed up in the garden and trusted man. No, it says because God so loved the world and His people that He gave His only Son. It's dripping with the love of God. If you're in a day where you're discouraged and overcome, recognize this, that God's plan is always love for me and best. It's still His plan. His plan has never changed. We talk so much about the enemy when the truth is the plan of God is made to give strength on the inside of us when we think about the goodness of our Father. It will actually overwhelm the plan of the enemy just in one moment of thinking of the goodness of the plan of God. Turn with me to Galatians 4. 
We're still talking about the plan of God. Ephesians 1 actually tells us there was a plan. That always makes me excited. I like a good plan. As the A-team said, I love it when a good plan comes together, right? Come on, y'all watch TV. It says this in Galatians 4, though. 4, 4. But when the time had fully come, or the fullness of time, or the Greek actually means when everything was perfect and everything had become complete. So from the beginning of time to that moment, all of time had been waiting for Jesus to come. All of time had been waiting. And when God said at that one moment, at the fullness of time, it says God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Say, how's this a Christmas story? Because the whole idea wasn't just to send Jesus as a baby for, for the sins of the world. It was to get everyone back. It was to get his kids back, as we've so well said now. He, he didn't want slaves. He didn't want people just to serve him. He didn't just want people just to do his works. He wanted his children back. That's the plan of the Father. Want my kids back. We got to put those glasses on and see the plan of the Father. It's different. It's, it's different. Why? Because when he could see, and then it would go back to black and white. Yeah, we can live in black and white, but the call is to live in color. The call is to put it on and say it's different. Every moment of every day is different because you've recognized the plan of God for you. I love the bigness of the plan of God, but it better eventually shrink down to you. That He came for me. He came for my, me to call me His child. And let's just read the rest because it's awesome, right? Y'all love the Bible? Because it's the Word of God. You are Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our heart. The Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So not only did He call us His children, then He put His Spirit in us to teach us how to be His children. Come on, put the glasses on there. He didn't just say, figure it out. He said, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you to teach you how to be my children. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son... God has made you an heir. And that's why the disciples called it good news. Not just news. Good news. Second thing. Second thing we've got to see the beauty of in this season is Jesus. The willingness of Jesus. Philippians tells us, here let's just read it, Philippians 2. You only need to turn right a few pages. It says, who being in the very nature of God, this is Philippians 2, 6 and 7, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of his servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of him as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The willingness of the Son of God to empty himself of his godness. There's not a whole lot of words to be able to describe. How do you take 
a whole, the whole place of being the most powerful being ever and take it out and say, now I'm going to be humble and need help and, be, and just be vulnerable. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be God. I just want to be clear, 100% God, 100% man. See how that possible? It's not 50-50. It's 100%, 100%. Because it's supernatural. Because he's the second Adam, right? He's birthed of God. We've got to see the greatness of Jesus emptying himself for us. Becoming like us. The other thing we've got to see about Jesus is the purity of who he was on earth. You know, my mom commented, that I always find a baby on the mission trips. I do, man. I love them. Give me a room full. I'm going to find that baby. And mom will always be giving me that baby in the next 10 seconds. Why? Because I love that baby and they know it and they just want to hand it to me. And then we're going to get all these awesome pictures of me getting slobbered on and loved on by all these babies. Why do I love babies? Because they're innocent. And they are a picture of purity. And Jesus, I love it that he didn't just show up like Starman or some of our other movies as a man. He came as a baby. He came in the purity of a baby, born of Mary. When they were holding him, they were seeing the purity of what, and then he had no sin. Think about that. That baby had no sin. It's easy to love a baby even if they're born into sin. But this baby born, he was not into sin. He had no sin in him. The innocence, the humility to come as a baby. Guys, we have to put the glasses on and be in awe of our Jesus. Third thing, that God in all of his power and might and wisdom to be able to do his plan in any way he wanted, decided to use people to carry his heart. I just want to say this. I wrote it down. It's his model still today. It's still his model. Nothing's changed. He determined that, no, it's going to be my people who carry my heart. And so in the greatest moment of history of mankind when Jesus came, God still trusted people. That blows me away. Why? Because he was setting forth the tone that I want to expand my kingdom. I want my glory to be all over the earth. And how am I going to do it? I'm going to do it through people. I'm going to use people. So we can, we can pray all day long that God come in all of his power and all of his might and say, just, just do it without us. He said, I won't do it. Because I've come to clothe my people with my plan to carry it out. And I think about, you know, we don't even have to turn there. Think about Zachariah and Elizabeth, right? Mary, Joseph. I wrote this down, that they all had to give something up to be carriers. Every one of them. Mary, Zachariah and Elizabeth, what did they have to give up? Disappointment. Pain. They had to give it up to be able to carry the promise of John the Baptist, who was necessary for Jesus. They had to give it up. And I'm just going to be, I'm not going to be graphic, but I'm going to be clear here. At some point, Zechariah had to believe the promise enough to come into unity with Elizabeth. He had to give up all the disappointment and all the pain. It says when they had 
forgotten and, and just let go of the prayers that they had prayed, when the angel spoke to Zechariah, there had to be something in him that said, I have to be willing to set down the pain and disappointment and believe God again. And I want to encourage you all right now, you've got to see the beauty of the season that God wants to use you. It's beautiful. Listen, I've been wearing these glasses all week here watching God use people. I've watched people who are extremely gifted be used. I watched people that had never once thought about prophesying have the word of the Lord. Why? Because God is beautiful. And he'll use anyone with a willing heart. And we have celebrated gifts so much. When I believe this, we've got to celebrate willingness. We've got to celebrate willingness. And God will meet you. What did Mary have to give up? Oh, just her dignity. This wasn't the culture we live in today. Uh, well, they messed up and just got pregnant. I mean, under the law, it was worthy of stoning at the highest level. The secondary level is put her outside the camp till the baby's born. But most of all, remember who she is for the rest of her life. She had to give up her dignity and her reputation when God was saying, hey, you're going to have a child, and I know you're a virgin, and that's how it has to be. He was saying, you're going to give up what everybody else sees for the greatness of who I am. Ooh. Put your glasses on. See the awe and wonder that there, first of all, were people willing to do that. But also, the same call to you. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to believe when it, this looks ridiculous? Right? Hey, man, we believe in healing around here. Why? Not just because we've chosen to, because we believe it's in the, in the Word, and it's God's heart. At moments, it looks ridiculous to believe in healing. It's way easier to make up some bad theology. Let me say that again. It is way, camera, it's way easier to make up some bad theology then actually there's moments where we have to give up our dignity and believe, I believe God can do it right now. Look the fool and keep believing. When no one else does. Or like, gosh, you just, y'all just going on faith. That's what we got. Not saying be stupid, but I'm just saying it's based in faith. It's the same thing that Mary had to give up. Joseph, what did he have to give up? He had to give up his rights. Oh, we don't like this one as Americans. We have rights. It's my rights. No, in the kingdom, you actually lay down your rights. As Chris said it best today, we have a king. And the truth is, the biggest struggle in the church is people trying to demand their rights that they're supposed to have laid down when they died. You gave up your rights. You took on a king. You took on a king that said, hey, I know that your free will and all these things, you have rights. But you, the greatness is you getting to choose to slide those over like the wise men and say, here's my rights. I give you my rights. Joseph had the right to divorce Mary. He had the rights to put her out and just say, I will not be disgraced. This is not from me. But instead, chose and I love it. God had to give him, the man, a little more of the plan. He said, Mary, we're just, you're going to carry the Son of God, and he's going to be great. And she's like, got it. Joseph, he says, Joseph, it was me. 
You got to believe it. You got to lay down your rights. Oh, he's going to take away the sins of the world. Joseph got a little more information, but he, he was probably just thinking, well, that's great. I don't believe any of that. But when he heard he was the Messiah, I'll lay down my rights for that. Guys, we got to put our glasses on and see the awe and wonder of the Father offering to us to lay down our rights to be great and do great things in the kingdom of God. Last one. We're going to make it. Four things, of the, the last thing of the beauty of this season that I've just been dwelling on, so blown away, is that this is a season of not just a plan, but fulfilled dreams and promises. The first promise and fulfilled dream is, is for all mankind. For all mankind. The belief that they could be redeemed from sin. It's a, that's a big picture. But we've got to get in that and rejoice in it. Listen, it'll cause us to embrace the gospel with more vigor. When you actually realize that, whoa, wait a minute, this is a fulfilled dream that we're living in. We're living in the greatest time. We are living in the greatest time. Do you know that the gospel is being preached this morning right now than ever before because of the internet? We live in the greatest time to celebrate the plan, and the fulfilled dreams of God. And we've got to live with those glasses on and constantly be celebrating who He is. But it was also fulfilled dreams and promises for individuals. Let's go back to Zechariah and Elizabeth real quick. Luke 1, 25, she says this. I've I got to read this. This is amazing. This has become one of my very favorite passages in the New Testament says, in these days, this is Elizabeth speaking, he has shown us, who is that? The Lord has shown us his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This season is a season of going from disgrace to favor. In one moment, we get to go from disgraced to favored. This is a season of, of fulfilled dreams. This is a season of fulfilled promises. The next verse I just want to do real quick is in, it's one page over. Just turn one page over. Luke 2 is talking about Simeon, a devout man who's been hanging out in the temple. Why has he been hanging out in the temple? Not just to see the Messiah, because God had promised him he would see the Messiah. It's one thing to just hang around because that would be a cool thing to do. It's another when God has promised you something. And the promise was fulfilled on that eighth day. When he's there in the temple and he's holding Jesus. And he realizes that the promises of God are in his hands. And that God is faithful to his word. And he is faithful to his promises. It's so powerful that Anna comes in. Slipping in on his promise and gets to hold the Messiah too. That's why she had been waiting for God to show up in all of his glory. Because God doesn't ever do anything in secret. And they've been waiting and listening. Guys, what am I saying? We got to have the wonder of this season. Not just family time. Not just carols. Not just Christmas music, it's just happy time. No, no. 
Let's put on the kingdom glasses and see the greatness. Man, let's be like that kid at the tree in the video. It's different. It's different. It's different. That's as far as I got before I started crying in that video. Why? Because the recognition of God showing you something and everything instantly changing. See, it's one thing to see Jesus in that manger right there. It's another thing to recognize how the greatness of who he is. I want to encourage you today, live in awe of the beauty of the season. Live in awe of the beauty of his plan for your life. Live in awe for the beauty of his plan for those you're walking around who have no idea why we're supposed to be excited about the joy to the world. Many of us are going to see our families in the next few days. For some, that's awesome. For others, that's a chore. Let's just get real, right? The glasses of how you see this season will determine the fruit that you live out in the next few days. You can just put it on, I just got to do this, and just uh, hopefully we make it, and I don't, we don't think about all our dead relatives, and this is hard. Or we can put on the beauty of who he is and celebrate the greatness of our king. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. I just want to say it's 1229 up there. Derek Flack, are you in here? I saw you earlier. Did you leave? Well, I'm going to release this because I felt like... So, Peyton, put your hand up. You're receiving for your dad. I felt like the Lord told me that 2019 is, is a year of promises fulfilled. It's a year of promises fulfilled. And I heard the Lord say this. Tell your dad to contend for the promises. Contend for them. The Lord says that there have been many promises that have passed by and the Lord says contend for them and you're going to see them in this year. So we just release that over Derek and his family right now. We just declare the greatness of the plan of God that he determined to declare that this is a year of God's favor. And just an exclamation point and it will be accomplished by the zeal of the Lord. So how many of you willing to put on those glasses today? Come on, just put them on right now. It's different. It's different. We're going to see, you know the word color in the New Testament means grace? The various graces of God. Come on, let's see the various graces of God in everything we're doing in this season. Let's let it impact our lives. We're like 2018, Christmas all changed for me. So we just put on those glasses and we just see you, Father, full of love. Full of goodness, full of pursuit. And we say, Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you for loving us and calling us sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you, Jesus, for your willingness. We declare you our King. We give you our rights. We love you, Jesus. I love you with all of my heart. It's not just my saying. It's my heart. Here it is. I love you with all of my heart. We welcome your presence today here. We thank you that you were here with us today. We didn't have to worship a king from afar. We bless you. We bless these people. We bless your children today. That they would go and be mighty on the earth. 
We declare that this week is a week of miracles. Why? Because we have shared testimony of miracles and you want to do it again. So we declare that every sick body we come in contact with, we declare whole. Every lost person, we declare saved. Every hopeless person, we declare hope. And we declare it's coming out of us because we are living in the beauty of the season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you guys. For those of you who are still in town, we have a 6 p.m. Christmas Eve service. And Chris has got something he's going to do. I didn't see well, it there. If we... If anybody needs prayer for anything, the altar team is going to be up here. And if you were actually on the missions trip, and if you got a minute, come up and pray on the altar team because I believe we're carrying the spirit of testimony. Otherwise, please travel safe. Yes, sir. Uh, let, let me uh, give you a special invitation to the Christmas Eve service tomorrow night. Uh, it, it is an awesome time. I mean, you're going to hear some of those beautiful music this side of heaven. You're going to hear the word of God. Bring your get relatives with you. Bring your friends from out of town with you. It's a great time. All right, otherwise we are dismissed. Have a very Merry Christmas.